And so if we come with expectation and it, we, it doesn't meet our expectation, then we might not even see the blessing when it comes because it didn't come the way we thought. And we can totally miss it. Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. All right, raise the bar. We're going to raise the bar. As we start this series, I wanted to define kind of the ultimate goal and the heart of this. And as I said, God kind of did it last week. Um, absolutely, not kind of, he absolutely did, just different. And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, I mentioned last week uh, that this is a life-changing verse for me. It's a life-altering verse. It is my life verse, if you will. Because constantly God is reminding me to seek Him. Because He knows my name and He knows who I am and He knows I need reminding. Is there anyone, any friends here that need reminding like I need reminding? All right. And so he, he, he says, seek first His kingdom. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first His kingdom. Seek first His kingdom. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And I said this was a, a life verse for me. This was a really altering life thing for me when he brought this up. Of course, it's always been in Scripture, but he made it personal. And then he added for me kind of a reminder as I walk this life and do this life that, 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 that we have been given and, and work out my salvation. He gave me this question. And so I'm going to propose this question to you that you can maybe use it for yourself to ask yourself these, this question as you are wondering if you're seeking first his kingdom. And it, the question is, are we focused on pursuing the benefits and forgetting the benefactor? This is something he spoke to me. As I was beginning to seek him, I was seeking him, but I was kind of uh, seeking him for, uh, though I was seeking him for godly things and good things, I had missed it. I, I, I sought out the benefit before the benefactor. Does that make sense? Where I, I began to, to God, I just dig in, dig in, dig in, and, and uh, I want to remind you that the Bible clearly says to, not, to forget not all of his benefits. Okay, so there are benefits, but the idea is that we would seek first his kingdom. Are we focused on pursuing the benefactor, the, the dad? And so we want to raise the bar, right? We want in our life, how many, how many, you don't have to show me your hands, but how many of you have lived a life at times that seem more like a roller coaster than a, than a Sunday drive? How, how many of you felt like your life has, has gone, woo, woo, and not in a good way? Me too. And as I began to, to seek God and look at God, he, he reminded me to seek first his kingdom and begin to, to look at this. And now, now I think of the roller coaster as a fun thing. Because I know that I'm on this, this fun ride. I, I, is anybody, like, anybody not like roller coasters? All right, Miss Barb, she didn't waste any time raising her hand. I don't, you know, you think about a roller coaster. Think about this for a moment. The boring part is climbing the, the hill. The fun part, 
you know, when you hit the, the drop and you go and you that's the fun for me, not for Miss Barb, apparently. But but I say all this because I want to remind us of something. You know, we all look in life, we're like, man, I want the benefits, I want this, I want this, and we try to live at this mountaintop experience. But, you know, in reality, with Christ, that's the boring part because that should be a given because he's already confessed it, believed it, we are already victorious. And so it's this, wow, the excitement of letting those benefits become a fruit rather than seeking them that makes it exciting. And so what we want to do today is we want to raise the bar. We want to change our mind, raise the standard of what we always thought we should do instead of just seeking him today. Is that okay if we do that? Now, it's important that we understand that this was... Is, is a perfect, perfect um, uh, introduction into the day that we celebrate Palm Sunday. Because Palm Sunday is one of those kinds of things where, where if we will look at it, and, and if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 12. We're going to look at this very quickly. John chapter 12, verse 12, as we look at this, this, this we'll see if we can see this, this benefits and benefactor thing that God is talking about. So in John chapter 12, I know I'm moving quickly, but we need to keep rolling here. In John chapter 12, verse 12, Jesus said, that, or in, John said, the next day the crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Verse 13, and they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Verse 14, Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it was written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. And at verse 16, and at first his disciples did not understand all of this. After Jesus was glorified, they did, they did realize after he was glorified, did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. I want you to remind yourself and look at this as we remind ourselves of Palm Sunday. This is the morning that we celebrate it. And this is the truth that this the day described in Scripture where uh, all of Jerusalem began to throw a parade for Jesus. And begin to celebrate. And this is the mark of a celebration, a day of celebration. And, and, and we don't have time to read there, but Matthew, jot it down. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 through 11, describes in more detail this, this celebration of Jesus coming. We know that also, if we continue to read just a few days later, just a few chapters beyond chapter 21 of Matthew, we can see that the same crowd that that cheered and shouted praise for him was cha- had changed their tone to more words of death, destruction, to, to really reject him. And so they started with shouting Hosanna, and then they, they, Hosanna, Hosanna, and then they ended with crucify him, crucify him. And we wonder how in the world we got from this place to this other, same people, same crowd, just a few days apart. And I'm reminded that if, as we begin to follow the Father, and we begin to seek the Father, if we're not careful, and this is where he said, if we're not careful, as obvious and as blatant, and blatant as this was to see, and I think all of us as readers, we can look and say, I can't believe those people. I can't believe they did this. What is their problem? Don't they know this was Jesus? 
Don't they understand? They saw the miracles. They saw these things. And remember, when we when we seek the benefactor, and when we seek the benefits and not the benefactor, we will become hardened to the things of the Father, and now we become more aware of the things of the flesh, more aware of the things of the desires of what we want. And these awesome people that God had called got their eye off the ball. They began to look at the little K instead of realizing that prophecy said that Jesus was the big K, the big king, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the one that was going to bring freedom and health and wealth and prosperity and all the promises that God is yes and amen about. But their eyes got focused more on the benefit. They underestimated the truth of who God was in the flesh. That was Christ Jesus. Now, to be fair, there were others that came that declared that they were that before. And so they've seen false and seen false and seen false. And I say that because I want us to understand that there are many times in our life that we see false. We experience false. And if we're not careful, we can become sour or callous to the possibility that God is a God of victory, a God that's a God of love, a God that's a God of restoration, a God that's a God of healing. If we're not careful, we'll see the false and the false and the false and we'll make in a conclusion that then that must not be who God really is and it's not really true, but we know it is true. The fact is we need to seek the Father, not the miracle. The miracle follows the Father. And if we're following after the Father, then the miracle will follow us. Amen? That's good news. What an awesome clarification of God's Word. And so today as we look at this, I want to look at the many possible reasons. One of the simple most reasons, I think, that why we could have find ourselves in this place and how they found themselves in this place to go from one kind of shouting and excitement to almost a hate, if you will. And I believe it had a little bit to do with an expectation, a wrong expectation, a misunderstanding, a misperception of what God wanted to accomplish. And so we're going to look at today, but before we do that, let's pray and invite Holy Spirit, to let them speak through my words and not me. Amen? Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to come into your presence, to talk about you. God, we count it an honor and a blessing because we know there's some that can't. For whatever reason, they don't have the privilege. Father, forgive us for not realizing and not seeing it all the time that it's a privilege to be here. God, I thank you that we move on beyond beyond that and we just say thank you, thank you, thank you. And now, Father, I praise you that you would speak today, that you would change me today. That all that hears your word, Father, whether through worship or through the message today, Father, that we will just be transformed into who you've called us that we will live out, manifest what you've already done in us through Christ. I pray that today as we hear your word, that we're transformed, changed. We mirror you. We, we look like you. We 
smell like you, we look like, we taste like you, Father. Father, I pray that this in your holy name, we invite your presence here to lead us and guide us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I believe that there's a vast difference between two words. We're going to look at two words and we're going to play with them a little bit. The first word is expectation. The second word is expectancy. Now, I want you to just humor me for a minute. I know it's semantics. I know, you know, like this is the same root word, but it has, it holds within the two words and with just a small difference in spelling, it holds within it a much greater power than we might realize. Expectation can be two completely different mindsets that if we apply it to our lives in the right form, in the right place, it will either catapult us to the things of God or it will it will pull us down and drag us down to the world system. So why is this in our series? Because Jesus raised the bar and he wants us to, 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 to rise up with him, to, to sit at that level, that same level. And so we have to realize there's, there's kind of two dimensions that we're going to be looking at and understanding today. So let's look at the expectation. Let's look at the definition of expectation today because it's really quiet and I'll just keep moving forward. Expectation is simply this. Expectation expects things. It expects certain outcomes in our certain way. And expectation says, oh man, I'm I'm expecting that you're going to do this, God, and you're going to do it this way in my timing and when I want it and all of that. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves in that place, we'll really get tripped up. God never says that. He says yes and amen, but we understand that there's a bigger picture. He, how many knows that God's bigger and brighter than us? I think he has a better vision, a better, a clear understanding of the direction of his sovereignty, who he is, and who he wants us to be, where he wants us to be, and how he wants us to be. Amen? Uh, I, I don't pretend to think that I know my vehicle better than the manufacturer that built it. I'm like, uh, you know, I don't get in under the under the hood and look at it and say, you know what, I don't think they did this right. I think I'm going to switch this around. I could. I wouldn't go anywhere any longer. I, I think I'll just, you know, mess with this. So if we're not careful, when we, when we put an expectation on the Father, we put an expectation on His promises, if we're not careful, then we will expect it our way and not His way. And that's not fun. It's not good. It's dangerous. And that's often where we find ourselves in that what, we, what I would call the gap between what God says and what we are living out. What we're experiencing in life, I'll say it that way. Right? We can read scripture after scripture after scripture of this God comes to bring life and more abundantly. And I'm looking at my, my life and I'm like, where's the under, overabundantly? If we're not careful, we'll begin to look at God and say, okay, yeah, we, we, we can pick and choose those kinds of scriptures without seeing the context that he's saying, yes, I'm going to take care of you. Yes, I'm more than enough in your life. And he says, but what I need you to do so you can receive that more than enough is if you would just seek me. Come to me. Follow after me. Rest in me. 
I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh, you know, I've got three boys. They're the greatest boys in the whole world. I didn't say they're perfect, but to me, they're the greatest boys in the whole wide world. But one thing that used to really challenge me and bother me is that if they found out that we were going to do something fun or there was expectation there was something happening, they would not stop pestering me until we did it. And so it got to the point where you didn't want to tell them what we were going to do because you might have got so upset that you just said, you know what, we're not doing this. This is too much work already. And I haven't even gotten there yet. That's with the mindset, of the expectation, like, okay, do it now, do it now, do it now. And this is where we sometimes get, because we hear the good news and we get so riled up with the expectation. It's now, it's now, it's this and this. And God's saying, it's taken care of, it's done, it's finished. I'm going to do it. Just relax. Expectancy. Somebody say expectancy. Let's look at the, the definition of expectancy. Next slide. Ah, there it is. It's a long ways, you know, to get. Uh, yeah, expectancy. Expectancy does not expect things. Expectancy hopes with great anticipation. We can have a great expectation or a great anticipation that God is going to do what He says He's going to do, but if we come with expectation, then we put parameters of how we're supposed to do it. We shouldn't do that. Not because, not just because it's God and it's like, uh, you know, as Tracy talked about, uh, you know, the the part where you know if they're not holy enough, the priest would die, and then we're like, we better not tell God do i get that but how about the bigger the other side of it that why not believe that he has a better plan than i do a better thought than i do so you know stop going to the idea of uh, you know well he just not let me do what i want to do i think it's better that he has a better plan a, a more perfect way a more generous way and so if we come with expectation and it, we, it doesn't meet our expectation, then we might not even see the blessing when it comes because it didn't come the way we thought and we can totally miss it. You see how important it is that we, we come with an expectancy, a hope of great anticipation. Jesus is our great anticipation. He was our great hope. And He came and He changed the world and He changed the trajectory of all of our lives and the promise of all of us but if we would have locked it down, and this is what these people did at this time, they came with an expectation that he was going to do it this way because he thought they've always seen it done that way. How many know that you can't do the same thing over and over and expect a different result? That's insanity. God said, I'm going to do it a better way. If you'll get out of my way and let me move and do, I've got good news. I've got a better way. Great expectation. Great anticipation. There's a vast difference. A big difference between the two. Expectancy leads to faith, joy, and thankfulness. Expectation can lead to disappointment and frustrations and questions. And this is right where the enemy wants us to stay. He wants us to live in a place of a, a disillusionment. Disillusion. You know what I'm trying to say. 
and confusion and, and, and heartache. And he wants us to live in this because simply because we just don't always see it the way we want. But expectancy leads faith and joy and thankfulness and peace. I was fasting this year, the beginning of the year, we all did a fast, and I was going to fast, and, and personally, as I was going through the fast, I kept praying, Lord, why aren't you fixing my heart? I, I You know, there were some things that was really kind of hard-pressed. Part of it was some of the state of our nation, our world, and pandemic, and all of those kind of things, and, and I was like, Lord, why aren't you fixing my heart? You know, I was like, what's going on? And, and he spoke, he said... He says, you got to fix your attitude, son. I found him say, you know, in my spirit, those little words, fix your attitude. Realize that I don't need to wait for him to fix things. I need to fix my heart. You see, I'd gone with the expectation that I was going to go this way, this way, this way, and this way. And as, as we well know, none of last year went anyway the way we wanted it to go. And if I were to leave there, if I were to stay there, and some do, where we stay in expectation, oh, it's going to change, it's going to change. It's gonna... And if we live in that place, we will become constantly frustrated or in fear or in confusion or disillusionment or whatever it is, if we live in that expectation, then that's where he was trying to say, would you lift the expectation and just seek me? He brought Isaiah 40, 31. It's not on your handout or anything. It's just what he says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Focus on the expectancy. God is doing something great. My hope and great anticipation that will renew my strength to keep pushing forward. To keep moving in. Keep moving on. Expectation, again, says... God, I expect you to do this in this way. It says, God, I expect you to do in a certain way in a certain time. Expectancy says, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it. Good luck, God. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know it's going to be good. To rest in that truth. God's always doing something good. He's always continually working. We should live with an expectancy to see that manifest in however He wants it to manifest. Let Him do it. Let's just go for the ride. Let's just enjoy life with Him. If you have your hand out, I just have a few points I want to make here as we get finished up. So we're talking about three life lessons that we could maybe take from this story, this Palm Sunday story, if you will. Three life lessons that I think would help us to walk through. I try to be somewhat practical. Maybe we can look at this in truth. And, and I invite you to study it a little deeper through the week. But number one is that sometimes life doesn't go the way we expect it. Now I know some of you are like, duh. <laughs> but sometimes we are, we're afraid to admit it, to say it, to speak it out. 
The enemy would try to hide, to kind of push it down like, you know, you don't go there. And I, I, I believe in speaking life and faith. But I don't want to pretend. I want to look at sin. I want to look at the enemy. I want to look at the, 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 the things of the enemy. I want to look right in the face and say, shut your mouth. And the truth of his life in this life is not always going as we expect it. But the problem might be for me was why, why was I sitting in ex, ex, with an expectation instead of just with an expectancy that God's getting ready to do something great. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, 13 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice in so far as you share Christ's sufferings and that you also rejoice and be glad when the glory is revealed. I know that doesn't always sound fun, but the end result is fun. If we rest in Him, He'll get us there. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you have peace. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Life's not going to go the way we expect it at some times. Sometimes our prayers, even the prayers that we pray, are prayed with the wrong perspective. Prayed with an expectation, parameters that we sometimes put on Him. And you know, in the, in the not-so-great theologian Garth Brooks, sometimes I thank God for answering to prayers. I don't know how many times I've looked back and said, whoa, man, I'm glad I didn't. that prayer did not come true. I was clearly thinking not godly in those moments in that time. But Matthew chapter 7 gives us the heart of God when it has to do with this. Matthew chapter 7 verse 9 through 11 says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are you though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good gifts to you, those who ask him? And time and time again, Scripture, we see this, that God is not in a hurry He's not confined by time. He sees more. We, we, we trust Him. We need to stay and trust in Him and have peace. Pray for His will to be done. This is why we just got off of this teaching. We were praying daily. Lord, Your will be done, not mine. Yours. Right? Releasing our ex- own expectation and just with expect- expectancy. God, You're going to do what You're going to do. I'll let You... Go for it. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Number two. Let's look at number two. We've got to keep moving. Number two, God is accomplishing His purpose, not our expectations. That's a good thing, by the way. Because an expectation is human, soulish. An expectancy in the Father is supernatural. Which do I want? My natural, I've got myself in enough trouble enough times to know that my natural ability is not what I need. Can somebody say, anyone else ever find themselves in a mess and say amen with me? So the better alternative is to find myself living and walking in the Spirit, not after the flesh. 
understand that He's accomplishing His purpose. Now we need to understand what His purposes are. His purpose is, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. For those that would believe, He loved us that much. He came and He lived and He died. His purpose was to have relationship. He loves His kids. His purpose is that He is lovely and He is wonderful and He is mighty and He's caring and He's Abba. His purpose is great. Great. So let's not put our human expectation on a great God and let God be God in my life, in your life, in our lives. Because we can all agree He's way better than we are. Amen? The Bible says that we couldn't measure to the place in which it would allow us to have relationship with Him. There was no, no way. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, there were, I, I forget how many original, uh, I know the Ten Commandments, but there were some, a certain amount of commandments. And then the, the time between Malachi and Matthew, about 400 years, it increased by some 500 extra rules and regulations. And what they would call kind of the, the, the quiet years, if you will. And it was, it was when... They begin to put their own expectations, begin to put God in boundaries. This is how I should do, this is how I shouldn't do, this is the yada, yada, yada. Maybe all with the right heart, but with the wrong focus. Instead of seeking the Father, they begin to figure out a way to go back to the old way. If I can do it right, then maybe I can receive this reward. The Bible says that those that diligently that he rewards those who diligently seek him not the thing but him philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says i'm sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of christ it goes on to say for context it goes on to say that then that would cause us to surrender our life to him so he can fulfill that truth When we don't, when we try to take control and have an expectation, Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block. Because he was trying to say, No, Jesus, you can't do it that way. You don't have to do it this way. No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. Don't go there. Don't do that. I'll get you. And that's when Jesus says, Simmer down. <laughs> Peter, simmer down. I could put my own name in there. Settle down, Jason. Just Jeremiah chapter 28, verse 11. I love this. I'm going to read this out of the message translation. And I hope you hear the heart of what God is saying as we rest in letting him accomplish his purpose and, expect, and, and come with an expectancy that he's going to move and do. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Thank you, Father. Amen? Amen. It, it, it reminds me of... Uh, I'll, I'll just try to give the quick story. In 2006, uh, Michelle and I moved from Phoenix, Arizona to Colorado with a great expectation that I was going to move into full-time ministry 
into a particular place. And, and, and we did move into to, to ministry of sorts, but it just didn't look how I thought it should look. It didn't meet my expectation. And, and I, I, I gave and served and, and honored him, but I did it kind of like a wounded soldier, so to speak. I kind of limped along like, woe is me, suffering for Jesus kind of scenario. The reality was that I had this certain expectation and because I had placed an undeserved expectation or a very short-sighted expectation of what God could do, I lived a life not in joy. And this is where God spoke to me specifically in, in 2007, 2008, right in, somewhere in that time frame, this scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And he said very clearly to me as he reminded me of the scripture he says if Jason if you would seek me half as hard as you're seeking after this thing you would be amazed at what I do in your life what I have planned for you will you seek me I was driving down the road about 75 miles an hour down the highway it's okay I wasn't speeding that is the speed limit there so no one judge me but I'm driving down the road and he speaks to me in that way and I was like, you know, I'm like crying. You can't see because it just spoke life. Because it was like, hey, he's not not there. I just was quieting his heart for my life because I had put my expectation ahead of him. Fast forward just, just a few weeks from that moment is when I got this amazing call from this young man around 80. You might know him. His name is Pastor Terry Sellers. And I don't remember the whole conversation, but I remember him saying, so I hear that you're a preacher. I was like, well, I'm trying to be. He said, I believe, you know, the Lord's probably wanting you to come here. I was like, where's here? Phillips? I said, where's Phillips? <laughs> and those started the, 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 started the, that's when the switch happened. When I laid down my own expectation. I would have never imagined that someone from Wisconsin would call someone has always been a city kid from the west coast to the northern north. <laughs> Don't you know? Just kidding. And it was a right fit. It was exactly what God wanted. My 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 joy. It's like never before. Doesn't mean we have hard doesn't mean we don't have hard days, challenges, issues, all those kind of things. But when you lay aside your own expectation and you say, God, I just let you do what you do. 
He opens up the floodgates of heaven. He does amazing things. His desire is to do these things. We'll lay it down. We'll lay down our thoughts, our ideas, our preconceived notion of how it should go and say, God, I surrender to you. I know. Go back to the beginning. We could have said, if you look back and you look at it, you're like, duh. But thankfully, God doesn't say, man, totally missing it, this guy. How am I ever going to work with this one? Instead, he says, you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I've called you and equipped you and appointed you for this hour, for this moment, and this time. And the truth is, no matter where you are, who you are, how long you've been serving him, he too is saying the exact promise to you. Number three. Number three is our final point. Be faithful in the face of unmet expectations. Be faithful even when you don't see it, feel it, taste it, or touch it. Be faithful in what? Seeking Him. Spending time with Him. Cultivating your relationship with Him. Enjoying Abba Father. Keep being faithful in the face of unmet expectation. God promises He will fulfill your call, your destiny without a shadow of a doubt. But it's not to see how fast we can get there. He's really more concerned about the daily walk. He's God. He knows He wins. And so meanwhile, he works with us and walks with us and molds us and forms us in a place that we might receive who we are in him. Be faithful. I don't know where you find yourself in this moment, in this time. My guess is if anyone living in 2020 and 2021, we have had unmet expectations. But I promise you, just because circumstance, challenge, sickness, disease, and all of this whatever has come up does not limit, stop, or stifle the Father ever. Seek the Father. Seek His face. Praise Him in the storm. Raise your hands. Keep pushing forward. Follow after the Father. Be faithful. And He promises that His answer is yes and amen. He will fulfill it. That's His name. He is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Keep pushing on. Keep pressing in. Not to the thing you're trying to grab, but the Father who wants to have your heart. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We're followers of the Father. We're not fans. 
Let's stand our feet here as we close with that. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment as we just ask in this moment. Wherever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've been concentrating on, thinking about, bothered by. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God directs our steps. I believe that in this moment and in this time, He has called us in this moment. Which means that you're not here by accident. You're not watching by accident. And so with every eye closed and and heart open, I would ask the simple question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you here? What, What adjustment does He want you to make? What expectation does He want you to let go of? Don't be in condemnation. Just receive the fullness of who He is. He wants you to live in great expectancy. A great anticipation for the promise of who He is in your life. Listen to the Holy Spirit in this moment. Father, we thank you that you're a God that speaks. You love us. You've called us. You've equipped us. You've anointed us. We've, we heard this this morning already. The Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit resides. Your power has empowered us. Now, Father, may we lay down in this moment every expectation. Father, what we would truly do as you call us to do, to walk by faith, not by sight. I pray this over each each person here today. Every person here I know has faced an uncertainty, a challenge, a, a, a misstep. Father, I thank you that already this morning that you just kind of given us a big hug and a promise that we're we're called and we're yours and you love us and that doesn't change. It doesn't change our circumstances and change your heart for us. Now, Father, when that truth, when we can rest in that promise, we can now lay our expectation down at the cross, at your feet. We know you're good. We know you have good in store. So we come with an expectancy. Not a preconceived idea or notion of how you should move, but rather say, God, have your way. Lord, your will be done. In my life, in this moment, in this circumstance that I'm facing, in Jesus' name. I ask you to to pray this with me. Say, Father God, I lay myself down so I can have more of you. So I can hear you. So I can follow you. 
I release my expectation and stand with great expectancy knowing you are doing good. I'm your child and you're my daddy. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read 1 Peter chapter 4 as we close the second close. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. And then we read out of the message translation. It says, Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory right around the corner. We're all on a journey. God promises great things. Don't let us, let's not look at the difficulties to jump to the conclusion that God's not on board or we're not following Him or He's not truthful or any of these things that the lies of the enemy try to portray. Instead, say, no, nope. I'm not going to jump to that conclusion. I've done that, been there. I'm going to rest in the truth that He will make a way. When your life doesn't go as expected, expect that God will do the unexpected. Amen? We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.